On the north side of Chicago It's the coolest bar in town And if you go up there You better just beware You're gonna find a bunch of clowns It's a mad, mad, crazy bar The whole damn place is just so bizarre Full of all the vice and sin where do we even begin? Tip your bartenders. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Pub Crawl Liz. And this is the genius. Um, here we are again. Old Town Ale House. I think, what is this, 22, 23? This I'm is 23. To, I'm, yeah, I'm starting to lose uh, count. Count, yeah. I uh, did a, I did us a favor this morning, and it was a suggestion by one of our listeners, Goat Girl. She suggested I go in and edit the episode name so that it's a number plus whoever the guest is or more information, because she's like, I will see the numbers, but then I can't know what you're talking about unless we well, go that's in. that's a very good idea. And I did it, and it, was, it looks really good. So, oh, really? Thanks out there, Goat Girl. Yeah, me. thank you, Goat Girl. So, you know, these are the little things I do for you and us. Oh, for me? Yeah. I mean, I've made you famous, and you're getting more famous by the week. <laughs> I, I think that, I think maybe we should be thanking you, me. You know what? The, t- the, the, the worlds are shifting a little bit where I think I'm getting more famous than you and your fame is sort of declining. It's this weird thing going on right that's, now. That's an alternate universe that you seem to be living in. That's very Did you watch me on Chicago Tonight on Tuesday? No, I didn't know. How did I know you were on? Well, see, because that's where we differ. I don't really tell the world to watch well, me. Well, that's really very smart promotion. That, that's brilliant. I'm just a little humble. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um... Well, listen. We, we have an exciting guest. <laughs> she's now wearing a napkin in a very uh, interesting place because she's afraid she will distract me. I'm excited for our guest today because she's a very good friend of mine. We've known each other for eight years now. And um, Leslie uh, was in, is in town. Uh, she lives in Southern California, but she's in town on her book tour. So I asked her to naturally be in our podcast, um, and of course she's going to say yes, because I don't think she can say no to me. Uh, no, I can't say no. <laughs> oh, I can imagine circumstances. Oh, Jesus. So anyway, I would love to um, introduce you all to my good friend Leslie Zemeckis, who is a historian, an author, a documentarian, a lover of Chicago, a good friend of mine, and on the National Advisory Board for the Chicago Museum. Uh, welcome, Leslie. Thank you. Yes, and her, and her husband's a very famous Chicago. He is. He's a native. Native boy. Chicago native. native. Yeah. Uh, from the South Side, but a Cubs fan. Yes. Oh, that's very Big. sad. But no, you no, see, no. but He's that's... smart. He's no, but smart. That's, if you live in California long enough, that's the sort of thing that can happen. No, I think he was always a Cubs fan. Well, that's... At, at, their, at their house, they have this awesome picture of Bob throwing up uh, the first pitch at a ball game. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I will also say that her three children, um, who I consider my brothers and sister, uh, the boys are huge Cubs fans. Um, so 2016 was a big year for all of us. I met the children. Oh, yeah, you yes. did. They came to the bar. That's right. Were, were they allowed to keep the T-shirts I gave them? Yes, they have everything. And oh. you gave us posters. Oh, I gave posters, uh-huh. too. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, it's nice to see that these kids who are raised in Southern California love Chicago and love the Cubs. And actually, they root for all Chicago teams, don't they? Oh, yeah. Big, huge Bear fans. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Anyway. Makes sense. They're raise, raising them right, is what well, I'm saying. they're raising Santa Barbara, which is not L.A., which is a very brilliant move on your part. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, we spend time here, so they know the city. They love yeah, it. That's which is actually too. a really cool thing because it's one of my favorite facts about you two is that Bob is from here, right? But they obviously live in Southern California. It was really Leslie who said, I love Chicago. We need to have a place in Chicago. And it really was because of her insistence that they do. In other words, you're saying that Robert Zemeckis is henpecked? Is that what we're <laughs> no, saying? he's generous, not henpecked. He's, oh, and he's okay. smart. Well, that's smart, that's right. Happy wife, happy, happy life. Uh, that's what they say. I've it's only proof. found the opposite myself. But. Um, but anyway, you can notice again. there's a woman down there staring daggers at me down there by the thermostat. Oh God! Moving What'd on. You do now? I know what hasn't he done, Leslie? Well, you, we'll, we'll get into Bruce at some other point no, we don't in the need future. To get into <laughs> Talk about showbiz. Um. Anyway, so uh, you love Chicago because you also do a lot of research here, and a lot of the stories that you tell are have strong connections to Chicago. Coincidentally, but yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, which, I don't know, I think the world works in mysterious ways. Yep. It's like you're meant to be here for a reason. Well, that's yep. how you guys know each other, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so Leslie and I know each other because of her very first um, documentary called Behind the Burly Q. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what that's about? It's the history of burlesque told really by the performers, mostly the women, um, who performed in it during the Golden Age. From I had people from the 1920s, 30s, 40s, into the 50s, because nobody had ever asked them how they got into burlesque and what their families thought and what happened afterwards. So uh, I just decided to do a documentary, and that was it. Um, I love documentaries. It's one of, I, 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 I They're the best, because they're so informative, and, and um, they're just entertaining. And so... Uh, when I was working at the History Museum, uh, one of my jobs was to reach new audiences and also generate revenue in ways that we hadn't really thought before. So I decided to create a documentary series on Sundays, right, low visitorship days. And we started this thing called Project Sunday, where one Sunday out of the month we would show a documentary. And so um, I came across Leslie's doc and immediately thought, I have to have this for Project Sunday. I reached out to um, the, the folks... Uh, yeah, uh, first run. Yeah, the first run. Um, and they said, of course you can show it. Do you want Leslie there? And I thought, well, hell, yeah, I do. So she and Bob... I love how they offered me. <laughs> I mean, it worked out good, but that is so yeah, funny. So uh, Leslie came for the screening and did a Q&A afterward, and we hung out afterward, and I don't know, clicked, connected, talked, clicked, connected some more, and became friends. And so now I convinced her to do all kinds of stuff. And I convinced her to wear glitter. Really? I haven't Only seen that yet. That's a look I have not seen. Because Only on special days. kind of looks like you just crossed the Rio Grande yeah. look. Is that what? Oh, Jesus. He... he is very politically incorrect in so many stupid ways. <laughs> and by the way, let me tell you that Bruce, I don't think his eyes have stopped popping out of his head ever since Leslie walked in the bar. I, I have seen smoking hot chicks before 
with smoking hot breasts before, so I I, I think I can handle this. Okay. <laughs> well, let me know. But it's more dramatic if you can't handle it. Yeah, let it. me know if you need a timeout or anything. Well, of course, when you're 78, it's a lot easier to handle it. Than, if, I was, <laughs> if I was 48, maybe this would be a big problem. It could be. Um, so Leslie uh, started out really looking into this history of burlesque and her work um, has, gosh, gone into uh, so many different places. But currently you are here as part of your book tour. Um, she's got a new book out called Feuding Fan Dancers. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is? Sure. It is the story of Sally Rand and Faith Bacon, both showgirls, although they performed in burlesque houses occasionally. Um, they were really, truly showgirls. Sally was, became very famous in 1933, performing at the Chicago World's Fair, um, dancing naked behind two giant seven-foot fans. Faith, at the, mean, at the same time, was performing, uh, she was a Ziegfeld girl, dubbed the world's most beautiful woman, and she was performing a fan dance on Broadway. Uh, and so, Faith, it, so, you know, everybody came and saw Sally Rand at the fair. She drew millions in, literally, to see her. The next year, when the, fan com- fan, uh, when the fair comes back in 34, Faith Bacon says, what's this I hear about some fan dancer doing my dance and she gets she gets down here she gets a job in the fair and so they're both performing at the same time that's really where their feud starts and that's thus feuding fan dancers it's it's uh you know what the the basis of the book is but it's also really the whole history of um showgirls at that time and what it was like and these were you know two of the most famous and it was like this is some rough stuff yeah i mean it would you know they're basically on their own. It's a short career, although Sally managed to parlay hers into a much larger one because of her association with the um, fair, and she became so iconic and tied up to that. But, you know, being a showgirl was... was You started when you're 13, 14, out by maybe 19, early 20s, and there was, there's really no career with it, you know, being mm-hmm. a showgirl. And it was a sh- short time on uh, Broadway when this these kind of big, huge reviews of Ziegfeld and, and George Schubert and Earl Carroll had these type of shows. And then by, you know, 32, 33, 34, they're really just dying out. So two sort of significant players in, in, in this era of, of the business, um, but they came from very different places, correct? Yes. Both from broken homes, uh, one from... Uh, Faith Bacon from Los Angeles. She had a mother who was only 16 years older than her. She wasn't allowed to call her mother. She had to call her sister um, and pretend that they were orphans and really dragged around, yeah, you know, place to place, pushed into showbiz, where Sally came from a broken home, but her desire was always like to fill that hole in her that she felt that she had from, from this, you know, her father leaving. And she got that really by when she stepped on the first vaudeville stages and, you know, an audience applauded. That really just filled her up. She had the support system of her family, of her mother. She was very close to her brother, her grandmother. She really supported them their entire lives. So she had that where Faith really had, had nothing but this, this mother who was just pushing and manipulating her. Hmm. And what, what, what state was she, a southern girl? 
They were uh, Faith. Faith was from Los Angeles, but but not there for long. She was in Hawaii for a while. She was in Paris. She was in New York. Her background was Missouri. Ironically, so was that's where Faith was. Uh, Sally Rand was born also. So they're kind of Midwestern girls. So and they both were here, you know, for years playing all the clubs, the World's Fair. I mean, this was they were they were here a long, they're long time working for hard. many years. Yeah. You know, because it was the industry here. There was that big industry of of burlesque theaters and clubs, so they could go in and do these special dances and shows. Um, so that's at the core of the book, and I'm sure you're not going to want to tell us how it ends. No. <laughs> you got to go buy it everywhere yeah, books are sold. You have to buy and, and read. You, Liz read. doesn't Everybody like to read. Oh, God, here Liz, we go. Maybe we, you're maybe, so full of crap. Maybe Just because you, I don't read his books, he says, I don't like to read. Well, I mean, gee, I mean, if, I, if you were writing books, I mean, fantastic books that were getting uh, world-famous acclaim, yeah, I'd read yours. So I find it peculiar. That's all. I've read two out of three. Oh, you're in gee. my queue. Oh, well, that's for, great for a podcast partner. Um... You don't come to my events. Next one, next you don't one, come to my events. Next, next time, I think I'll do a coloring book. I bet you like that just fine. We actually suggested that, and Jordan and I think it's a fantastic oh, idea. Okay, I bet you do. Of course it is. Um, have anyway. you read Have you read all of Leslie's books? I have not Tell read the, the truth. I have not read the latest one because I literally just got my copy last read night. The, you read yes, the I have. Okay. Yes, I have. Could you quiz? Ask her oh something. Oh my god! I know. I'm just curious. Let's I actually say, want to talk about your other book, so let's get into it. No, but, ask, <laughs> but just, just test Liz out and ask her some esoteric questions. You know what? Questions. She might know more things than me. I kind of forget, <laughs> and I go into the next book. Thanks, Leslie. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, what so let's, let's, let's talk about exactly. some of your other stuff. Well, actually, yeah. you know what? First, first and foremost, yeah. with this book, yes. was there anything that you... Because you do a ton of research, yes. which is why you're here. You go to the At History the Museum. the History Museum, which is fantastic. I think for every project I've done, I've been in there. Yeah. They've had information and archives and yeah, it's they're they're incredible. I love it. And yeah. it's, that's know. where I do most of my research yeah, too. Yeah, it's great. Um, was there anything that surprised you? I think just that the, just the whole lifestyle. I mean, I never thought about a showgirl, I'm sure people do, as anything more than you know, this figure of beauty that seemed to be a gold digger looking for, you know, a stage door door Johnny who was a millionaire that was gonna take care of him. But some of them had really you know some very tragic lives and some very interesting lives and it really afforded a lot of these girls especially during the depression um a way to just make a living you know to have that sparkle during really grim days why do you think people immediately frame these women like that well, I think, you know, we're a, a society and always have been of labels and, and dismissive of that. You say, you say burlesque, that's a connotation of, of nearly a prostitute, as you know, with our event. We had somebody ask, were they prostitutes? And yeah. it's like, no, they aren't. Were they showgirls? Were they dumb and gold diggers? It's, this is partly why I do this work, is to go behind the headlines. You know, these, these were women. I wanted to know, like, what their story was. And you find out most of them were just really trying to survive and some loved it some a lot of them created art out of it but especially in the times the 20s 30s there wasn't very many opportunities for women you could be a, a secretary a sales girl a, 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 a wife a lot of them came from very poor economic backgrounds a lot of abuse and it was really whether it was burlesque or showgirls or Hollywood it was a means to 
to have a better life. And, and a lot of them really did. It, they traveled, they had money, they had adventures, which they would not have had otherwise, despite what society might have thought about them at the time. They knew they weren't doing anything wrong. Well, when I was a kid, I mean, they were some tremendous celebrities. Lily Saint-Cyr and... That's my second book. She wrote a book about it. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Oh, I'll get you it. Because I was a porn, like a... If the only softcore porn you could get when I was a kid was was the strippers and stuff like that. So yeah, I was a big fan of. I mean, Blaze Star. I mean, man. I have some of her gowns. Blaze Stars. Yeah. Hmm. She's got a really awesome. They made that movie. What I thought was not particularly good. What movie? Blaze with Paul Newman. Paul Newman played Huey Law. She was a small part in it. Oh really? Oh, she did. Uh huh. Well, I knew a bartender, an old-time bartender who worked at one of her strip clubs, and he said. She had a black boyfriend who was a junkie, and it was just kind of a wild. She was really quite a character. Did you know about this? She was great. Is this true? Did you uncover that in your research? I don't know. She didn't tell me that, but I know she slept (laughs) with Kennedy. Oh. Was she? Really? (laughs) But then so many of them did. Yeah. Yeah. Let's add it to the list. Did she describe him intimately like Stormy did? No. No, too bad. See, that's the sort of thing we want to know. I know, but I didn't want to know, so I didn't well, have to. But, but your fans do. you got to think about you. Think of me when you're no, writing your it books. It has to be a little more historical. I don't need to go quite into the details of oh, the bedroom. I just think you ought to have more consideration for your for your fan base. Um, so that's kind of cool, too, is that you know a lot of the stuff that you're writing, I think there's two, two things that pop out at me as also being a historian and, and doing a lot of this research, is that A... You're really with 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 your books and your docs. You're really sort of like telling these lost feminist histories, right? These are incredibly um, trailblazing women who worked hard and paved a way for a lot of things that in our culture today wouldn't exist without them, right? And are much more acceptable today. I mean, they were all these women were super independent. Their careers and their lives weren't defined by men at all. They were good businesswomen. I mean, yeah, the, some. Big, the big stars. Well, I think the stars. Some. Who no, are your not favorite? all of them. Who are your all-time favorites? You know, I don't... I, there's so many of them, so many that you maybe wouldn't know. There was Sherry Britton, New York-based. Um, she was fantastic. What Lily Sincere. What did you think of Gypsy Rose Lee? I always thought that was kind of a... She, she to me, is the least kind of interesting act. only because... Yeah. Well, for many reasons, but um, because we know so much about her. Too much. Yeah. You know, there's there's many, many just super interesting stories. I mean, Sally was just as famous at the time, and actually, Sally eventually got in to do carnival shows that she made a ton of money. I mean, you worked really hard. You maybe did 30 shows a day for American Royal um, Circus or Carnival. I know. You do 30 shows a day. Well, you have other women in the in the act, and you know it's quick, but you, you know it's a grind. But she made a ton of money, and then so she went. Gypsy was her friend, and she went to Gypsy and said, "Gypsy, you got to do this. You'll make a ton of money." And then I think the next year, Gypsy did it. Well, back in the 50s, South State Street had, still had a couple real sleazy burlesque theaters, and they didn't really care about IDs. So I'd come down all the time, and. I love Saturday nights because that was the midnight shambles and they would take their pasties off for the last <laughs> show. That was really exciting. The but that was it was shambles. hardly the it was hardly the heyday heyday of burlesque. Yeah. Oh, but I loved it. I mean, one of my favorites was Patty Wagon. Remember her very well. <laughs> um, That's funny. <laughs> well, the other thing that I, I actually is pretty neat about the way you do things in your research is that you actually for those 
people who are still living, you actually spend time with them and get to know them and they become yeah, your yeah. friends. And, totally. Yeah. You know, or if they're not, and you become friends with their sons or their whomever. They stay in my life forever. Yeah. Oh, which is really great. special, right? You get really connected. Do you feel right. like you almost get way too connected? Not too much. I mean, I feel like, you know, for me, because I enjoy it so much, otherwise I wouldn't do it. You know, I'm not done with them once the project's over. It's like yeah. I check in and how are you doing? And, you know, they interest me as people. And, and I think that's partly why I have such a, uh, a reputation that people will talk to me. Right. You know, each just, project makes it easier and easier. You're not just in and out getting information, but you're actually like a, a human trying to develop a relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Um. There are, as you mentioned, many women that you've uh, looked into. And so um, behind the Burley Cue was a general history of burlesque. And then Lily St. Cyr, you did a, a book. Uh, well, then I did a book on behind the Burley Cue. Yep. Because I had so many stories. And then I did, I think, the documentary Bound by Flesh about Daisy and Violet Hilton to... Right. Siamese twins that were huge in vaudeville. They played here forever, a lot of times. Um, very, That's a great doc. They, very amazing story of these young girls, young, really pretty girls who had a horrible protector. <laughs> you know, they were kind of just <laughs> taken from their mother who didn't want them and adopted illegally, really just taken, um, and, and really abused and not let out of the house and were in the sideshow and in the carnivals and in vaudeville and literally made bags of money. They, they were the biggest stars, made more money than anybody. Never saw it, of course, because their protectors got it. And, um, I mean, their, their story was just so interesting to me. It's a, again, I saw the, I went to the premiere at the Gene Siskel Center. Yeah. And that doc is, you, should, you guys should definitely take a look at that. I was floored. Yeah. by their story. Yeah. Um, Very tragic. And then the book, Lily Sincere, uh, Goddess of Love Incarnate, because her sister came to me, who had been married to Harold Minsky, who was a big producer here. They had a, they ran a theater here forever, definitely in the 50s, 40s, that 50s. That was a theater, Minsky Theater, right? Wasn't there? Yeah. 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 Um, and then after that, I did my next doc, which was Mabel Mabel Tiger Trainer, about Mabel Stark, who also played here. Um, the world's first female tiger trainer who was literally scarred from head to toe. I would imagine. That's yeah. another great yeah. story. Yeah. Uh, and now, Sally and Faith. Yeah. So these are all these unbelievable figures that, I don't know, I just, you know, they're again, interesting. They're so interesting. And of course, I think out of all of these women that you've talked about, the only one that had ever crossed my sort of you know, world is Sally Rand because, of course, of the 1933 World's Fair. Yeah. Right? But I mean, she was huge. People, that's the most one that people will remember when I'm talking about any of my projects. Yeah. Um, you know what I learned yesterday was that Faith Bacon was related to... Sir Francis Bacon. Yeah. How about them oh, apples? The, the artist? <laughs> no, no, the... the, uh, the explorer yeah. guy. Oh, no, no. But, oh, the that's right. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the British artist Bacon yeah. I'm thinking of. Oh, Francis Bacon. Isn't that funny? I don't know why I remember I know you wouldn't think, but yeah. yeah. Um, Bruce, once upon a time, painted uh, a piece of Blaze Star, which you gifted to For, Leslie. Well, actually, when I knew you were friends with her and I knew that there was a connection, I said, would you like to give that to your friend? And you were very, very 
very nice. And she said, well, I want you to get credit. Yeah, because I didn't paint it. Well, that's, that makes sense, true. Yeah. But I'm a big fan. That Well, that was that particular painting was um, when she was 14. Some kind of really outfit, kind of syndicate-looking guy. She's sitting in a chair in that theater. I always loved that picture. Why did you decide to paint Blaze Star? I've painted many a stripper. Is that... Is that if, in fact, if you check my... You know, the history of my painting, there's quite a few naked women. And I, in fact, I think when I was 14, I painted my first striptease artist. I just asked you about Blaze Star and that genre. I didn't just say naked ladies. No, I'm talking. I said, <laughs> I know I, you and, paint naked ladies. And I just said, I painted my first, my first naked lady was a burlesque uh, oh, really? painting when I was, yeah, kind of in the style of Edward Hopper. I would like, awesome. oh, curious. Yeah. I think you, <laughs> one of your upcoming paintings should be Patty Wagon. Yeah, I could do that with. I could do that from memory. She's etched in your head. I remember her so well. That's she so is great. absolutely. Um, I think she may have had a boyfriend who was a pitcher for the White Sox too, named Don Rudolph. Because I remember Don Rudolph. He was a kind of a marginal pitcher, but he did have a girlfriend that would, or a wife maybe, she maybe even a wife that used to appear at the um, the Follies Burlesque on South State Street. Huh. Um, so you're here uh, because you're on tour, so to speak. You just came from New York. You're in New Orleans. I was just on the phone today, so because I couldn't remember where I am next week, but apparently it's Texas. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what? I'm doing this all through November. I've got a bunch. Jeez. Yeah. Now, I know there's curious good. people out there that have to ask. Rick Kogan didn't ask this question, but Boy. I think... Um, did you ever do any burlesque? No. Were you ever curious enough to maybe think about doing it? No. You certainly have all the equipment. I'm just not really all that graceful. <laughs> I don't Amongst think, many other things. Uh, yeah, but you have other assets that could probably overcome yeah. the lack of You know, of it's not the industry that it that it once was. Maybe if it was the 30s and 40s. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, that was a question that had to be asked. She likes the 30s and 40s. Whenever we go out places yeah. and I'm wearing my well, go back my to t-shirts the, and the movies, and my the jeans, 30s she's and 40s. always all great movies. Yeah, terrific mm-hmm, movies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. terrific art. Um, which one of the reasons we bonded because history. she lo- yeah history. She loves the 30s and 40s while I I like the uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 1800s. Of course, clearly. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Victorian era kind of gal. Um, anyway, so thanks for hanging out with us. We're gonna, I'm going to talk to you some more if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Um, do you have any questions off the top of your head? Well, I have a lot of I questions, but we, I, I, I wanted to go into, because having lived with a naked dancer oh, for God. 10 years and having been out in San Francisco when Gino and Pretty had the great idea to put breast implants into Carol Dota's um, breasts, which were not particularly big at the time. That was so eloquent. I, I, anyway, there was a whole industry on, in North Beach in San Francisco, and I did kind of want to explore that, but Leslie said that that's another day. That's another I don't even day. know who that is. Yeah, you don't know who Carol Google we'll sh- we'll Carol show Dota. you pictures. Oh, okay. She was, and by the way, tremendous businesswoman and a um, very attractive and a real showgirl. I mean, she put on a great show. One little thing I do would like to mention, as long as we have a few moments, Carol Dilda would come out of the wall at the Condor 
which was right at North and Bro on Broadway Street in San Francisco. She'd come out of the ceiling. That's how she started shows. Well, after a few years, I don't maybe 25, 30 years ago, I read in the paper. One of after the after work after the place closed, a bartender and a waitress started. Bartender started banging a waitress on top of the uh, piano, and somehow they triggered it. It went up and crushed the bartender. Oh to my death. god! But the <laughs> the poor waitress is alive, and she's underneath his dead body until the cleaning crew came in the morning. So that was showbiz. That was showbiz, San Francisco. <laughs> That's style. showbiz. Wow. Okay. Alza. Yeah. There's a story for you. The stuff you come up with, let me tell you. Oh, I have a lot of information. Uh, sure. Sure. Um, are you tinkering with another project? You always are. You're always working on what's next. No, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. That's not nice. I know. So now you're off to a book signing right now, right? I am tonight. She's literally in town for three nights and has, some, has had something every, every night. single night. Not even one thing, and, multiple things. And maybe, Liz, would you try to descri uh, describe Leslie's outfit for her book, book promotion tour? I think it's very exciting. I mean, it's she's a wearing, polka dot. She's, she's got a, dress. a polka. Well, well you describe, you, that's, oh, she's wearing a dress. Yes, she is wearing a dress. I would say it's kind of a 40s polka dot number, plunging neckline, and the hat, Lily St. Cyr, I think that's a Lily St. Cyr hat that she's wearing right now. Louis says here used to wear great hat. Well, how those girls wore wonderful headgear. Always. Yeah. She's also always wearing like nine inch heels. They're like. Well, I love that. Half a centimeter in diameter. I don't understand well, how we you call do that. that. We call that in the business <laughs> knock me down to fuck me shoes. That's not. No, no, no. Nobody calls them knock yes, me down. Yes, we do. Oh my God. I've never yes, heard that. We, well, <laughs> well that's, that's Bruce's showbiz. <laughs> Oh, it's a real biz. Uh, yeah, she's always wearing these amazing outfits. Well, they're amazing. Like, especially when she has a thing. Yeah. I mean, she looks amazing whenever we're just going out to dinner. Really? That's Leslie. Yeah. I encourage that. Yeah. <laughs> um, although you do dress down when you work out. But oh, not really. She's sure. but she's still bedazzled. She doesn't wear heels when she's working out. Well, that's well, good I have sometimes. Oh, really? <laughs> she work, she works out in a space that has a disco ball. Yeah. So I mean, there's that. Gotta have that. We gotta work out. And I think from what she said on Rick's show the other night, she's in his uh, her husband's latest movie. I am. Welcome to Marwin. Are you allowed to talk about that? Yeah. Let's talk about it, because it's really freaking cool. Yeah, it's out in December, starring Steve Carell, Leslie Mann, Janelle Monet, me. You. <laughs> What's it about? Um, it's based on a true story of an artist who used to paint and draw and becomes a victim of a hate crime. So he kind of uses loses the use of his hands, fine motor like that. So to do his art... He um, has these fashion dolls. They're not Barbies, but they're the same size as a Barbie doll called fashion dolls, which is a big thing. And he sets them up, and he takes photographs, and he kind of works out his trauma through them. That's the real-life story. And then now in the movie, these dolls come to life. And you and are one of the dolls. I am Suzette, the French one. Oh. French resistance. Oh. Because he, he, all his stuff is like in the 40s. He's not, 
but his recreations are World War II, and he's, the Nazis are always fighting his character because he's a character too. That comes out in December. Yeah. But and here's the cool part, right? So these are fashion dolls in the movie, but there are real dolls that have come out, right? No, they're not coming out. Oh, they're they not? should. They no, totally I know. should. I know. Because the Stupid. doll looks just like you. Well, they were fashioned for each of us, and then we had our approval, and you know they would tweak it a little to look like us, and they're really cool. They're I was cool. hoping that when you guys would come visit uh, in for the holidays, that I would get an action figure, Leslie, a Leslie action figure. I know. I shouldn't. <laughs> That's my suggestion. I think you should tell someone. Great idea. Um, you, you also were in another movie of Bob's, right? Uh-huh. The voice for... It's not voice. It's the same thing. It's motion capture. Oh. So you're, so you're performing as you, and then they just run it through the computer and do their magic so it looks like it's cartoon or whatever, what people think is animation. It's not a voice. Oh. So that was Polar Express. Yeah. Uh, which is a cool Christmas movie. Do you have a favorite of his movies? Yeah. Come on. You have to. No, I don't. Why? Are you talking about the movies she appeared in, or no, of her husband's work? I like Roger Rabbit. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's great. I don't have a favorite though. My favorite is Forrest Gump. Okay. Followed by Back to the Future. Okay. Followed by I Want to Hold Your Hand. Okay. So I'm a big Beatles person. Okay. As we know. Leslie says that's okay. I know. I always say this to her that probably one of the best soundtracks in the world is a soundtrack to Forrest Gump, and it's a double CD, all classic stuff. And what I really appreciate about that is when we were chatting once is that he he puts the soundtracks together. He yeah, chooses he them. Everything. Yeah, he does everything. Anyway, it's like, magic. <laughs> he's I, a, I would say so. How many how many Oscars has he won? Just one. Just one. Yeah. He's been up for more of that though, right? Oh, oh I like this. <laughs> she, uh, Leslie just shrugged. I <laughs> Okay. Um, he's also a really nice guy. Yeah. And and by the way, you have very nice children, too. Thank you. They're, they're so. so nice. They're good. They have such good manners. Mm-hmm. Um, a highlight of my life, truly, was two years ago when the Cubs were in the World Series. And uh, Bob and the kids are such big fans that they flew in to Chicago for the World Series to be here during all the fun stuff. And Leslie met me out at a bar to watch. This bar? Uh, we went here and then we went somewhere else. No, but wasn't it here that I told you you were going? Yeah, okay, so we went out to, um, so yes, we came here and then we went out to a bar to watch the ball game. And as we were waiting for our car to go to the bar, and I was like, I can't believe we're in this World Series, you know, it was a very powerful moment for me. She turns to me and says, well, guess what? And I say, what? She goes, you're going to the game with us tomorrow. Ooh. And it was probably the best gift I've ever mm-hmm. received in my life. Anyway, we had a great time at the World Series Game 4, even though we lost. No, they lost. Well, you are a hex girl. We won the whole fucking thing. Yeah, but what you are weren't you there. About? You weren't there for Game 7. I was there in spirit. Yeah, exactly. And I don't go to Cleveland if I don't have to. The hex. So. The hex. The hex girl. See, he, this is what he does. He oh. turns all the good into the bad. No. I'm telling, I'm telling this very... A, a important story. If every time you go to a World Series a game, they lose. What, what is what is the conclusion that can be drawn? I've only been to one World Series game that the Cubs have ever played. Yeah, and they, they lost. lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, every what time, I mean, I guess that's a, a, a right statement, correct statement. I I know it's a correct statement. I can see that black cloud forming over your head right now as we speak. 
This is Bruce Leslie. Cup no, this is Bruce the not cup fan. Yeah, the not oh, cup He's sense. a White Sox fan. Oh, well. He doesn't know any better. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, all right, well, do you have any other questions for Leslie? Before yeah, I have all up? kinds, but oh. I think that maybe after the shoe talk, maybe we're probably, <laughs> it's probably a good idea that I... Shoe uh, talk? Remember, I used the term knock me down. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, are there any other events that you would like to plug? No. Just go out and buy go the buy book. Go buy the book. Feuding Fan Dances. It's got a, a subtitle, too. What's the whole title? Well, Feuding Fan Dancers, Sally Rand, Faith Bacon, and the Golden Age of the Showgirl. Yeah. Available now. Literally just hot off the presses. Everywhere. By me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, literally just was released October 2nd. Who, who's yeah. your publisher? Uh, Counterpoint Press. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Oh, Counterpoint. This is my Point. second book with them. Counterpoint. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I have a very unfortunate history of publishers, so. Uh, well. <laughs> Maybe you have a hex. Yeah. No, no, I have a problem with lawyers. Okay. He writes stuff. Oh, and gets sued? Do they think well, he's going to get sued? Well, he no. probably should get no, sued the, by well, a lot of stuff he writes. Harper, HarperCollins lawyer said my first book was the most defamatory, libelous book that ever crossed their deck. And um, as a result, Anthony Bourdain lost a lot of money. And I guess some people might have blamed me. <laughs> yeah, except for you. you know, everyone blames you but you. Yeah, I don't blame myself. Well, and the remarkable thing about this is that he forgave him, and they stayed friends. So wait, you have to tell the story. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I've written three wonderful books, amazing <laughs> Which books. Which I'm going to get now. Well, I'm going to make sure before you leave, you'll have all three of them. But um, anyway, Anthony Bourdain called me up out of the club with Sky and said he wanted to turn my blog into a book. Now, I didn't know exactly who he was at the time, but my daughter was jumping up and down, like making extreme faces because she answered the phone. And um, so everything was going beautifully. And I got a nice check. I had his agent, a very big-time agent in New York named Kib Witherspoon. And, um, so everything was just going beautifully until the lawyers got involved. And they said that... that I mean, and I probably didn't handle it well. I probably used some language that probably was Yeah, he not. just basically said, fuck you guys. Well, I said worse things than that. Well, yes, but we don't have time for that. But anyway, so at the last minute, um, Powell, they just... Uh, Roger, Ebert, Roger Ebert told me that when I told him, I said, you know, Roger, I now have this great book deal. I got money. I've got a terrific agent. I've got all this stuff. That I, you know... And uh, he said, well, Bruce, you'll fuck it up, of course. So, and so I did. And <laughs> but anyway, so I self-published that. <laughs> That's all. That's my lesson. <laughs> we self-publish. We self-publish. Because I got to do all this. But I, I call it, I, I call it Commando Press. So it looks, it looks kind of cool, you know, like I do have a. That's, but that's why, that's, that's his, my publishing That's his career. publishing yeah. house, Commando but, Press. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Commando, but I'll make sure Commandos that... Commando's are underwear, right? It's, no, it's when you don't wear underwear. Oh, it's when you, go, when you go Commando. Oh, okay. it's kind but of there what, are some out, there's like a brand now that's called Commando. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. That makes interesting well, that's sense. that's exciting, yeah. Anyway, I'll make sure that uh, Leslie has one of my books so that she has something to do on the plane when she flies to Texas. Of course. Yeah. I'll read it. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're good. I've read the first two. Um, glowing, glowing. Is that glowing? <laughs> no, seriously. The first one, I, I was so it was a really 
very interesting that I literally read it in like three days. I was just like, mm-hmm. um, so let's let's wrap up with a little Chicago talk. Yeah. Because I love the fact that you love Chicago, which is one of the reasons why we bond so much. Um, Who's got the best pizza? We don't really eat Chicago style pizza. No, here. not Chicago style, but normal style. I like peace. I'll tell you what, Orso's right down the street's quite good. We have this thing in Chicago called Tavern Cut, where it's like thin and squares. So when you hear about Chicago pizza, you think of people say deep dish, right? But we don't really don't eat that. That's gross. Eat it maybe once, I don't know. I, I really probably have a slice of deep dish maybe like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's the Tavern Cut, which you used to go, to go like to bars and stuff or restaurants, and it's a thin like square cut. Um, so that's really good. Yeah, so Orso's has a good one. Oh, and then curious. Peace Down the Road has uh, is New Haven lot. style. There's a lot of good places. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think there's one. But we do eat a lot of our hot dogs, but I know you're a vegetarian, so you don't eat that stuff. No. <laughs> no. Are, your ch- are your children vegetarians? Um, sort of. One is totally, doesn't eat anything with a face, and the other two will eat chicken and turkey. What about seafood? Yeah, some. They eat some fish. Not the one who won't eat a face. He won't eat faces. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's California. She's a smart girl. I raised, yeah. I raised a kid in California. I know there's there's things that happen out there. The hell? What do you mean? It's, it's different out there. People yeah, it's so much people. better. <laughs> well, that's... Well, let's not get crazy. I would. Well, actually, if you had to live in Southern California, Santa Barbara's the only place I would... I, I'm agree. with you. I do like that whole area. It's it's beautiful. It's it's peaceful. How often then, do you, then get, you come here and have city life? City life. Do you guys ever go to LA? Like, how often do you go? Like once a week, usually. Oh, take care of, do stuff. You know. How, how long a drive is that from Santa Barbara to LA? It's getting worse. It could be, you know, if there's no traffic, it's an hour and fifteen, which is fine. But it's usually like two, two and a half. Ooh, the driving out there is yeah. horrible. It's really- um, all right. Well, so what are some of your favorite things to do in the city, Chicago? Um, well, go do research. <laughs> When you're not working. Go eat. You usually drag me to someplace good, new restaurants all the time. Yeah. I like to walk around, shop. Yeah. Get my nails done. Yeah. Get a foot massage. Yeah. Get glitter on. Yeah. Get my eyelashes put on. Everything that Liz likes to do. (laughs) That's my perfect day. (laughs) Uh, Everything. Everything. All of it. I do like the I do like the eating. We went to Girl and the Goat last night. Yeah. How was it? It's very good. I will eat it. So you guys sit at the bar at a table. Bar. A bar. And Goat Girl took good care of you. Uh huh. Yep. Good girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you need to come visit more often. I'm busy. I try. I know. I do the but best still, I can. I know. Oh, well, you guys. I gotta be honest. You guys do. Toward the end of the year, you guys do make it out here quite a bit, and I appreciate that. The rest of the year, yeah. you really got to make more of an effort. I would appreciate it. Well, we're not coming in winter. No. But you do come in winter. No. Yeah, but there's no reason to come well, here. It's just I bad. don't say after Christmas is winter. I'm talking January, February. February, March. We've gotten stranded here, and that was no fun. You could be stranded in worse places, like L.A. Oh, well, it was a worse place. It wasn't actually in the city. Yeah, but you won't freeze to death in L.A. Well, you might true. die of lack of oxygen, but you're not going to freeze. Black <laughs> oxygen. <laughs> Anywho, huh? All right. Well, Leslie, thanks for joining yeah, us. Yeah, it was great having you. And uh, seriously, everybody, 
her books, her documentaries are truly eye-opening. Like, I know you, and I'll support you, but, like, the the content is truly fascinating. Fascinating stuff. So, you can get, um, where, where do people find your stuff? Well, books, easy, right? But the documentaries? Yeah, they're all, like, if you, well, if you go to my website, it'll have the name of them, and then you can just... com. Yeah, they stream on everything. I think Bound by Flesh is on Netflix. Um, behind the Burley queue and Mabel Mabel Tiger Trainer are streaming on everything like Amazon and wherever yeah. stuff so, streams. The interwebs. Yeah, but if you go to my website, mostly Zemeckis, I think all the information's there. I hope. <laughs> if not, I'll talk to your exactly. web your web person. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, congrats on the book. Thanks. And happy conclusion of the book tour. Conclusion? Uh, you mean the beginning? Wait, no. You're, okay, middle. No, not even the middle. It's the beginning. No, you were in New Orleans. You were in New York. You're here. You're going to Texas. And okay, then... I got a million more after that. Fine. Beginning. That's the beginning. <laughs> Happy beginning to your book tour. Um, 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 Bruce? Yes? <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to ask any more questions? Well, I'm trying to think of appropriate stuff. And I know. I don't See, wanna... he's actually, I got to be That's really, why he's so quiet. I got to be really honest. He's... He is truly behaving himself, and I'm I am. so proud of you. I am, and I mean, I did want to discuss naked, naked dancing, but I understand that's probably not in the purview of what we're, and because you know I'm a big fan of naked dancing. <laughs> He's just a big fan of naked. Okay, which you know I guess there's something to that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, thanks again for joining us. Thank uh, you. Oh, by the way, they still have the nude beach in San in uh, Santa Barbara. I don't know. Didn't know we had one. Oh, yeah. Go to the beach. Yeah, there was. And the tide, when the tide comes in, of course, I made sure I went down there. But when the tide comes in, you can't get, I mean, it's kind of cool. It was kind of a cool little enclave. Hmm. I bet your kids probably know about it. (laughs) No, my kids don't go anywhere without me. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Not wandering around. They're not precocious like I was. They're young. They're young. I was young. I would have gone. I would. Have, I would have climbed over a mountain of rattlesnakes just to go see a new beach. Probably still would. They have a lot of things like they have flamingos on their property. Who? Yeah. <laughs> they have stuff to look at. Okay. So they don't need to go to the nude beaches and see the nude. We just run around nude ourselves and look at each other. <laughs> cool. That's interesting. Ay ay ay. Anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so thanks again for being here. I appreciate Thank you. Very you much. you yeah. uh, you dedicated a lot of your time to my to me and my projects this these last couple of days. So thank you, um, Rock and Roll Ruth. Thanks for joining us and keeping us uh, not thirsty. Um, which, by the way, Leslie's the first guest who actually did not have any alcohol sitting here. I'm having water. Yeah, yeah. she's a good girl. Is that part of your vegetarianism? Or? <laughs> yeah. Listen. No, it's part of her that she's working right now and has to go do a, this thing oh. because Talk we we have thrown back well, Leslie work, and I have we spent nights right throwing now? back some serious drinks. Oh, okay. So I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm a mother. Um, <laughs> uh, Jordan, thanks as always for being yes, here Jordan. And, and producing jo- and for coming early. That was really nice of you. Yes, I appreciate everybody adjusting their schedules for this special recording. Uh, say goodnight, genius. Goodnight, genius. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Bye.